turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. What is going on, everyone? It's not Andrea, not for the first hour of the show tonight. It's Riley McBride, her co-host, partner, sidekick if you will, the Robin to her Batman. But tonight, for the first hour, it's just you all and me, and we have a lot to talk about. Civil War, by the way, is trending right now on X, so that's always (laughs) a very, very good thing. We've got a lot of interesting news. Apparently, according to NBC7 San Diego, Maine is barring Trump from the ballot as the U.S. Supreme Court weighs the state's authority to prevent him from running. So that's just one of the stories. We've also got Nikki Haley, who apparently didn't know that the Civil War was about slavery. <laughs> so <laughs> it's been a very interesting day. There's a lot going on at the border still. The economy is in the tank, you know, all, all the usual stuff. But we are going to be talking a little bit about Nikki Haley. We'll talk a little bit about what's going on, the Civil War maybe, and how that maybe is connected to the migrant surge that is causing a nationwide spike in crime, violence, all sorts of of heinous actions. Obviously, not everyone coming across the southern border illegally is a criminal broadly. I mean, you're a criminal if you cross into this country unlawfully without permission to do so. But then again, the Biden administration is flying people from other countries into cities in America. So it's it's government-sanctioned crime if you will. And I guess the rules are a little different for that, but I do want to start with Nikki Haley. She, well, (laughs) you all know by now that we're not really fans of Nikki Haley. I I don't want to speak for Andrea Kay here on The Answer San Diego, The Andrea Kay Show. However, I do think it's safe to say that Andrea and myself both dislike Nikki Haley with a passion. And by the way, before I go any further, just to let you know, because I am guest hosting this first hour, please reach out to us. We've got some fun stuff going on uh, lined up for you in the show tonight. If you want to get into contact with me, then you can reach me on X at Riley underscore McBride underscore. I know my DJ handle is Sesame Broccolini, but if you want to reach the real me, it's at Riley underscore McBride underscore on X. You can also reach out to AK Show San Diego on X. Um, with any sort of comments, questions, feedback you want to add to the conversation. And of course, feel free to email Andrea anytime, day or night. We're always curious about feedback and what, what you guys in the audience are thinking and, and what you have to say about all the, all the important issues and trending topics, whether it's the border and the cultural conquest of America or whether it's the president of the Illinois uh, NAACP being suspended for, for criticizing what's going on with illegal immigration. It's all to say that there are many, many important, trending, interesting stories. We're on top of the news, but there's stuff that we miss, angles that we don't think about. 
details that we might comb over or, um, you know, just again, miss in, in all the noise and all the, the chaos. So if you have any, anything that you want to, you know, bring to our attention, I suppose, then please feel free to reach out, email her, reach out to us on X. You all know the, the station call in number at this point, I hope, <laughs> but I will, I will say, <clears throat> sorry, it's just something in my throat here. I, uh, I don't know what's going on with Nikki Haley's campaign. This presidential race is getting increasingly more interesting. It's it's inherently interesting to me. I, I love elections. I love talking about them. I love I've worked on elections for for candidates at the congressional level. I it's it's a very interesting thing to me. It's one of the cornerstones of our constitutional republic, right? The regular election of the officials that we will share power with, who are supposed to serve us, care about us understand our needs, listen to us, instead of facilitating the mass invasion of this country, ultimately, possibly, to replace us. They figure we can't make this electorate happy, so let's bring in a new electorate. And maybe that uh, that sounds a little wild to some folks out there, but it seems like it's really happening where we're there is a, there's a great replacement underway, a cultural one, one in terms of values and vision, and that is a very important, the demographic shift in this country is largely responsible for a lot of the political shift that we see on the ground. California used to be a solidly Republican state. Ronald Reagan was once the governor of this state. You used to have elections where in, in Los Angeles where six out of the 10, you know, council seats or whatever on the city council were, were held by Republicans. California, even coastal California, used to be majority Republican. But that was a much different game in terms of demographics, population, who lived here. It's, it's all to say that the demographic shift is leading to a, a desired political shift. This is a clear cause and effect. We know what's going on. There is a great replacement happening in this country. It is underway. And it's being perpetuated by politicians like Nikki Haley. So... Yeah, where to even start? Apparently, she's getting a lot of backlash, which is not really a surprise because, and let me just clarify, Nikki Haley, who is still running for president, God knows why, said that the Civil War, well, initially she said it was um, about the role of government or something. We, You know what? We have a clip for you. I just, this person, she was she was doing something recently. She was at some town hall or whatever, and somebody asked her, about the core causes of the Civil War. How did it get started? Why did it happen? And she, um, well, failed to mention the obvious answer. So let's just take a listen to this together. What was the cause of the United States Civil War? Well, don't come with an easy question or anything. I mean, I think the cause of the Civil War was basically how government was going to run, the freedoms and what people could and couldn't do. What do you think the cause of the Civil War was? I'm sorry? I'm not running for president. I, 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 I want to listen to your That's a good thing. on the cause of the Civil War. <laughs> I mean, I think it always comes down to the role of government and what the rights of the people are. And we, I will always stand by the fact 
that I think government was intended to secure the rights and freedoms of the people. It was never meant to be all things to all people. Government doesn't need to tell you how to live your life. They don't need to tell you what you can and can't do. They don't need to be a part of your life. They need to make sure that you have freedom. We need to have capitalism. We need to have economic freedom. We need to make sure that we do all things so that individuals have the liberties so that they can have freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom to do or be anything they want to be without government getting in the way. Thank you. And in, in the year 2023, it's astonishing to me that you answer that question without mentioning the word slavery. Wow. What do you want me to say? Wow. wow fails completely to mention slavery the one core cause of the civil war would the united states of america allow for the practice of slavery to be legal or not did it violate our god-given rights to enslave other people and obviously yes it did It's a horrible, evil institution, and it's at the core of the Civil War. It's not the only thing that was on the table. It's not the only factor in the equation, but it's historically the most significant one. And to completely downplay it and not even mention it goes to show you somehow she's she it's it's that answer should tell you everything you need to know about her candidacy, about her messaging, about her policy proposals. Nikki Haley does not understand American politics. She doesn't really seem to even understand American history that well, and she certainly doesn't get the big picture. She cannot see the forest for the trees. She's so focused, so narrowly focused on winning this election, on beating Donald Trump, on building a brand for herself, on staging these silly, you know, um, town halls where she just ushers in these weird platitudes. It's She's so focused on this election, on getting past the post next November, on getting the GOP nomination, that she cannot see the bigger picture when it comes to anything. I also don't think she's very likable, by the way. I mean, she is. she gets really defensive in that clip. I, I don't know, mate. I, and I want to hear, what, what do you guys think? Email Andrea K. She, she's going to be here for the second hour. So trust me, it's not just us tonight. It's just us for the first hour. But AK will be here for hour two. So please email her. Reach out to us. Let me know. Wh- what do you think about Nikki Haley? What do you think about this comment? How could you possibly be talking about the Civil War and forget to mention the question of slavery? How does that happen? Th- there is no defense that you can play. I mean, she's walking things back, kind of. She actually uh, <laughs> has her own little theory. Apparently, she blames a, quote, Democrat plant for that question. I, I hadn't even <laughs> heard that she blamed a plant, but we, we got a clip on that uh, it, from, uh, from Good Morning Jack Heath. So <laughs> talking about the fact that she thinks that a Democrat planted that voter to ask her about the core cause of the Civil War. <laughs> question is, did you know last night when you were being asked by this one individual that it was a let you're saying you're saying a democrat plant or did you think it was just a typical new hampshire voter no it was definitely a democrat plant that's why i said what does it mean to you and if you notice he didn't answer anything 
The same reason he didn't tell the reporters what his name was. The same reason he went and showed the guy that he was with the tweet that went up after he did it. We see these guys when they come in. We know what they're doing. And we know from the second they ask the question. If you look at the last swing I did in New Hampshire, there was one at every single town hall. This is what they do. And I'm trying to turn the questions back on them. In this case, this is, you know, this is what happened. But, yeah, this is what they're doing. And so if you notice, he didn't mention anything about slavery he didn't talk about it because that wasn't the intent false he did mention slavery he said and if you remember what we could even go back and replay that clip he says at the end of it it's just shocking to me that in 2023 you fail to mention slavery when talking about this the american civil war so he actually did mention that and then he also said that he's not the one running for president the expectation is a whole lot different between the average voter, although all voters should be knowing, we, we need an informed public. Don't get me wrong. So we need all voters to be just as informed as possible because we that's how we actually, you know, get to a nice, decent republic. Okay, we have to have a smart, well-educated, well-read, informed populace. And as someone who's supposed to be leading that country, you think that she would set a much better standard when it comes to demonstrating some knowledge and comprehension of core pivotal, critical moments, epics in American history, things that really have shaped the current political atmosphere and also the current cultural atmosphere, because we know culture comes before politics. Politics can shape culture to some extent, but generally speaking, culture shapes politics. And it's all to say that Nikki Haley, look, maybe that was a plant, but you still fell for it. You still fell for it. You took the bait and... I have to say, I've actually had personal experience with plants, if you will, at meet and greets and certain gatherings and certain campaign events. Fine, it happens. But the fact that you fell for it that easily still proves my point. She's not fit to be the president. I think that she should be dropping out of the race, throw her weight behind Donald Trump. And I really don't think that these talks about Trump turning to her as a possible VP pick are serious. I mean, come on, everybody. All right. You're listening to AM 1170, The Answer San Diego. We're going to take a quick break, and then we will be right back. Again, this is Riley McBride filling in for Andrea Kay here on The Andrea Kay Show on AM 1170. Please stay tuned. We will be right back after a short break. needed reality check you're listening to the andrea k show on the answer san diego welcome back everybody this is riley mcbride filling in for andrea k here on the andrea k show on the answer san diego am 1170 fm 96.1 a beautiful thursday evening friday eve i am very excited about the weekend coming up I'm going to take a little bit of a rest take a break all these news stories really are draining i tell you what it, it takes a toll it turns out that late-stage decline of the American empire really can take an emotional toll 
on uh, on the average patriot like myself. But speaking of real patriots, U.S. Army General George Patton once said, quote, Politicians are the lowest form of life on earth, and Democrats are the lowest form of politicians. <laughs> oh, I hope that quote is real. It's attributed to him. Uh, and I tell you what, it really is true. I, and, and it not just... And by the way, it doesn't just apply to Democrats. I mean, Nikki Haley is technically a Republican. She sounds like a Democrat. She, And this is something you see a lot with Republicans these days, whether it's Ohio Governor Mike DeWine or Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin or Nikki Haley. You see a lot of Republicans that talk like leftists, that walk like leftists, that champion their talking points, that push for the same policies. And many of the conservatives of today, foolishly, are trying to conserve things that Democrats fought to, to put into place 15 to 20 years ago. It is truly ridiculous, and it's coming with a huge cost because this, we are losing control of this republic. That is a fact. The days of, of, by, and for the people seem to be gone. I don't know. I, I think that there's a way to, to get it back, but th this country is just coming under attack from so many different directions. It's not just the border crisis. It's not just establishment politicians. And it's not just the election interference, although 2024 has already been rife with election interference. That brings us to this incredible, I, I, I can't, this is horrific, I should say, ruling. The main Secretary of State has ruled that Donald Trump is ineligible to appear on the 2024 ballot. And this comes just as Colorado's ruling was flipped. Now, according to the Secretary of State, on December 15th of 2023, I held a hearing under, right, on three challenges to the nomination petition of Donald J. Trump. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Contest Mr. Trump's qualification for office under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment of the Constitution, which is such a complete misreading of what that section actually says. Section 3 of the 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution makes it clear that somebody who incited insurrection or waged war against the U.S. government, i.e. somebody who was in the Confederacy during the American Civil War, can be prohibited from running for office. Now, I don't even agree with that personally. If Robert E. Lee, if the, if the people of Virginia want to elect a, a Confederate soldier to represent them during the years of Reconstruction— then I say that that should that should prevail. The will of the people should prevail. That's what self-governance means. Now, at the same time, this isn't a direct democracy, and for good reason. We're seeing it right now because the tyranny of the majority is a very real thing. This is what you see in direct democracies. If the if the angry mob decides to prevent someone from running for for office, they can do so surely because they have the numbers. They've captured the institutions. They have control of the media. It, it's we we are losing this republic very quickly. This is not the America that the Founding Fathers set up. We're losing our sense of checks and balances, separation of powers, limited government, and liberties. Donald Trump's not even allowed to run for office. And why? Why won't they let the people vote on Donald Trump? Why won't they let the people decide his fate? Because they're afraid he's going to win. They're afraid that Donald Trump can and still win a primary and a general election. And that's why the Secretary of State's office in Maine is appearing to bar former President Trump from the state's presidential primary ballot, um, which is, this is becoming the first election official uh, to take action unilaterally um, in a decision that has potential consequences for the Electoral College. 
Maine only has four votes in the EC. It's one of two states to split them. Trump was one or Trump won one of Maine's electors in 2020, which means that having him off the ballot there, should he emerge as the Republican general election candidate, could have a lot of ramifications and, and consequences in what will be a very, very contentious race. According to this report from NBC7 San Diego, the decision by Secretary of State Shenna Bellows follows a December ruling by the Colorado State Supreme Court that booted Trump from the ballot there under the same clause, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment to the Constitution. Colorado's a Democratic-leaning state, but they're not expected to be competitive for Republicans, blah, blah, blah. Right, okay. The Trump campaign said it intended to file a legal objection to this atrocious decision, saying that it, am- that it amounts to election interference, which is completely true. The only reason they're trying to keep him off the ballot is because they're afraid that they can't beat him in the election. That's what's going on. And that's why they slow walked all of these indictments for several years. And now people like Jack Smith and Fannie Willis are trying to expedite trials. They're trying to expedite the cases after having slow walked them for several years simply because they want this to align directly with the election. They want Trump's name to be in the headlines. They want uh, shots of him in courthouses and walking out of them. They they want to see him thrown around the legal system. They, they're, they're trying to make an example of him. They're trying to punish him for challenging their political power. And they figure that the most effective way to do it is to try to humiliate him personally while also bankrupting him ahead of the next election. They're going after his businesses. They're going after him. They're going after his voters. That includes myself. It's, it, it is truly a shame what is happening to this country. I mean, if if something like this were to stand, it's just it starts to make me really wonder, do we even have elections in this country anymore? Do we really? Are they free and fair? Are they totally secure? Are those elections even worth? Is it? I don't know. I want to hear what you guys have to say, though. I mean, are we ha- or do we still have elections in this country that are free and fair? Free of interference, I should say. I don't know. Let let me know. Reach out to Andrea. Email her. She'll be back for the second hour. We're going to talk about it, as well as many, many other things. And by the way, when Trump, when his name was taken off the ballot in Colorado, or when that ruling came down, you'll recall, Vivek Ramaswamy was the only person who said he was going to pull his name from the ballot, too, until it was reversed. DeSantis said nothing. Chris Christie, nothing. Nikki Haley, nothing. Vivek Ramaswamy, say what you will about him. I don't know if I trust him. I don't know if I'd vote for him, but it was spot on. That was a good move. That's the right thing to say. It's a win-win, even if he doesn't mean it. And I'm surprised that so many other Republicans are letting this persecution go unchecked. I'm not saying your whole world has to be about defending Trump, but you would think there'd be some more solidarity and some more unity, especially when it comes to combating the deep state, which could target anybody. If they can do this to Trump, if they can block him from running for office simply because they don't like him, so they charge him with non-existent crimes, they can do it to you too. They can do it to me. They can do it to anybody. That's the headline. That's the point. The police state does not discriminate. So I don't know exactly what's going on with this this main story. It's it's unfortunate. By the way, Maine Secretary of State has uh, taken at least a few different images with Joe Biden. I, I love this account on X, ALX who broke the story, who says, uh, I mean, he links to the 34-page ruling here by the main Secretary of State, but he also drops a picture of 
this woman standing next to Joe Biden. And I don't know, it almost looks like they're pals and she's trying to um, stick it to Trump to benefit him, which sounds, again, a lot like election interference. People think that that phrase is overused, but what else is it? Really, what else is it? And again, this is coming as the Colorado decision fell apart. They're using the same flawed logic. I don't know. I don't know what's in store. Some people are saying we might just be heading for a civil war. I don't know. That's another good question for you guys. Do you think that there would be another civil war in this country? Is it possible that the United States could see a second civil war? Let me know. I, I don't know. It's, it's one of the biggest questions of 2023, and it's still unanswered. I don't know. It's really hard to say, but I will say there, there's, there's another question when it comes to reflecting on 2023 that I want everyone to start thinking about because we're going to talk about it in this first hour. We're going to start talking about some of the biggest winners and biggest losers of 2023. It's a long list, a lot of nominees, lots of candidates in media and culture and politics and sports, so many different candidates. I want to hear what you guys have to say about it. So we're going to reach out to us, X, email, call in. We want to hear what you have to say about it. But that's what we're going to be talking about. We are going to take just a quick break. But when we come back, we'll start talking about some of the biggest winners and biggest losers of 2023. And there's a poll that I would encourage you all to vote in. One of the talk shows over at over at One American News is, is putting out a very interesting poll and, and turning to the audience, to the people, turning to the people for answers. It's the show is in focus with uh, Allison Steinberg. And, and we're going to talk about it because I was just on her show the other day and it was a, a hoot. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of those biggest winners and losers again when we come back. Stay tuned. You're listening to Riley McBride. Fill in for Andrea Kay here on The Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. San Diego. What's going on? I uh I think the biggest loser, one of the one of the candidates for 2023 probably has to be Shenna Bellows, this um <laughs> Secretary of State, if you will, which is such a key position when it comes to actually regulating and overseeing elections in this country, which again is one of the cornerstones of America. We used to pride ourselves on the fact that we had a peaceful, regular, scheduled transfer of power in which we all put our votes together. We counted them. We have the electoral college sort through them. We have, you know, every state's got its own electors based on population. I, that's for another conversation. The point is, we used to pride ourselves on the fact that we, this was a, a country in which the people shared power with those in government. And we, in which we were basically governing, governing ourselves. There was political representation, right? No taxation without representation. Okay, we, we want, and, and again, there's so much more to this, but federalism and keeping politics local and keeping it in the hands of the people, but also creating checks and balances and separating powers and limited government so that way we could have strong communities and strong families instead of having a giant bloated state that controls every single aspect of our lives. It raises your kids. It runs the economy. It leaves the border wide open. It creates terror groups. Okay, okay. 
This is all to say that American elections are shrouded in mystery, and they've and they're so there. There are so many different points of vulnerability in American elections, and so many different cooks in the kitchen and hands that are touching the ballots and touching the actual levers of power. It's and it's not just about the people who vote in elections; it's about the people that actually hold the elections. Famously, the Soviet dictator Joseph Stalin who mass-murdered millions of people but was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize not once but twice for defeating Winston or for defeating the Nazis in World War II along with the Allied forces. It was Joseph Stalin who said he, he's not really interested in the people who cast ballots or who vote in the elections. He's interested in the parties that run the elections, that count the ballots. And that brings us to somebody like Shenna Bellows, who has a whole lot of power but doesn't want to seem to wield it responsibly. This is, again, the woman who's barring Maine residents from voting for a candidate that they like. She's overriding the will of the people. She's saying that the, votes, that the voters' interests doesn't matter. That's what she's saying. She knows better. She doesn't like Trump, so he doesn't get to run. She thinks that he incited an insurrection, which he did not. But here we are. In 2023, this is the new normal. People like Shenna Bellows stomping all over the will of the people in a country that's supposed to be of, by, and for the people. How do you like that? And how do you like this tweet that she put out in March of 2022 when she said, quote, We need to come together around our democracy, around voting rights, which are fundamental to everything else we care about. You know, I, I saw a screenshot of this online, and they say that a picture is worth a thousand words, and that is so true, because this is just completely ridiculous. They are doing every single thing in their physical power. The Democrat Party, the media, even some Republicans, like I think maybe Nikki Haley or Chris Christie, certainly. There, there are so many people that are working against Trump, and especially, again, against the will of the people. Why not let the voters decide on his fate? And even if he were to be elected president again, he only gets one more term. He wouldn't be president for life. And that's what they said about the first term, by the way. They said that Trump wouldn't leave office peacefully. And you better believe that he did. He's a peaceful man. Trump has never called for violence or war, certainly not for insurrection. And he should not be punished by partisan actors who are also, by the way, friends of Joe Biden, the, the current incumbent. Biden is targeting his opposition, the oppositional candidate, the de facto GOP frontrunner, and he's using the office of the Secretary of State to do it. That's what's going on. She's carrying water for people who, I mean, really for the Democrat Party and for the media, but also for this sinister group of intelligence officials and unelected bureaucrats all around the country who want to see Trump fall who want to see Trump behind bars and handcuffs, perp-walked in a courtroom. This is personal, and it's nasty. And these indictments, they're, they're, each, each one is nastier and more baseless than the one before it. And by the way, there, there isn't a good... There, no one is making a good case... F Again, I, I just can't believe it, but no single Republican seems to be really defending Trump that much. And it's almost like they don't read the writing on the wall. They don't understand that this could happen to them. It could be them. We have to defend Trump because it's really about defending the rule of law, defending our constitutional rights, keeping the government in check. This is tyranny. 
This is full-scale tyranny. And I have a feeling, a sneaking suspicion, that if the Founding Fathers were here today, Thomas Jefferson, Alexander Hamilton, Aaron Burr, James Madison, James Monroe, Benjamin Franklin, they would fire up the muskets, they would get out the hot tar and the feathers, and they would march. They would march in the streets and reclaim this republic one community at a time. I know people don't always love the call to action because it requires us to do something, but that's what we need to do. I I can't believe Republicans aren't doing more. We need to be working harder to combat the deep state and to fight for the integrity of our elections. And again, that brings me back to so many of these candidates, including Nikki Haley. Look, if Nikki Haley, if she can't even make a case against slavery, she can't make the case against Trump. And that's exactly what people are saying. We have this this quote here from from Ron Brownstein. So you know what? Don't even just take my words for it. This is this is some some interesting stuff right here. So let's take a listen to this. Um, the, the the problem she has here is is not you know so much about you know the voters are going to be uh, flipping one way or the other based on your view about what caused the civil war. But this definitely plays into the argument that her critics make that she is someone who kind of tries too much too hard to be all things to all people and is unwilling to really take a stand in the party. I mean, Chris Christie is out there saying, I'm not getting out of the race because you can't trust her to make a strong case against Donald Trump. If she won't make a strong case against the role of slavery uh, in prompting the Civil War, he may have a point. Uh, Yeah, look, I'm not going to sit here and agree with Chris Christie, but I will will say this, though. Nikki Haley is not a, a savvy politician. That much is true. I don't I don't know if it's an intelligence thing or likability, but she does not deal with these small, intimate gatherings well. People ask her questions. She gets defensive. She gets very short-tempered with people, and it's extremely obvious. And it's very unbecoming for somebody who wants to be a president. Think about all of the great presidents in our country's history, from, from George Washington to Abraham Lincoln to Ronald Reagan to JFK. One thing they all have in common is charm charisma, an ability to relate to the layman, to the average voter, okay? And Nikki Haley is just not relatable. She's not interesting. I'm not sure who's, I'm not sure who's, I don't even know a single person in my own life who's, who's happy about her campaign or who wants to, wants to see her become the GOP nominee. But then again, maybe she's not betting on, on popularity as a first choice. Maybe she's betting on the fact that Trump will be thrown in prison and she will be the only candidate left standing. Maybe that's what's really going on. Now, this is all to say, of course, <laughs> that 2024 is going to be a very, very pivotal election, and especially when it comes to the border. You can't have a country without borders, and we can't handle any more of this open border. We got people by the thousands coming into this country, and apparently there's been a meeting between Mexico's president, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, and Joe Biden, but it's all hush-hush, and we don't really know what's going on. And apparently, instead of blocking migration, AMLO thinks that it's, quote, more efficient and more humane to invest in the development of the people. I, I don't even know what that means. Apparently, this meeting was on Wednesday yesterday, but he said the migration issue is going to intensify next year. And I believe him. He also, uh, oh, I guess somebody else said um, Mexico has the upper hand this time around. Right. Okay. Look, AMLO, 
he knows that U.S. elections are around the corner and immigration is going to be a top issue. He, I would, if you're the president of Mexico right now, you have to expect that the U.S. is going to start seeing some bipartisan support for border security measures. And we're not just seeing people come through Mexico, by the way, or, or come from Mexico, I should say. We have people coming from all over the world, more than 140 different countries. We've got people coming into this country illegally from China, from Uzbekistan, from Cuba, Venezuela, and Nicaragua, which are all run by left-wing dictators who already seem to, to support the exporting of their people to work in, in the United States. It's, it's really scary stuff what's going on here, and I don't know what's going to happen between the United States and Mexico. I don't know if there's going to be some bilateral efforts. I'm not sure exactly what's going to go on, but I know this. The fact that Alejandro Mayorkas, the, secret, or the chairman of the DHS, or secretary, I should say, the fact that he was impeached but not removed, or I guess he wasn't impeached because eight Republicans protected him, that should tell you that both parties are contributing to this illegal immigration crisis, to the invasion. It's not just Democrats. It's, not just, it's, it's Republicans. Politicians in both parties have allowed this to happen and have spent years justifying it instead of closing the border and vetting the people who are in this country, which is, in my mind, such a no-brainer. All right, everybody, we're going to take a quick break because we're about to come into the last segment of the first hour. I can't believe that the time is flying by. Again, you're listening to Riley McBride filling in for Andrea Kay on The Andrea Kay Show here on The Answer San Diego, AM 1170 on this beautiful Thursday evening. Stick around because we will be right back after a short break. San Diego. You know, we were just talking about this immigration stuff. I actually think one of the biggest losers of 2023 has got to be DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. But also, how about Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, Janet Yellen, Jerome Powell, maybe, Joe Biden himself. There's so many people. Maybe Pete Buttigieg. I don't know. There's a whole lot of people out there doing, unfortunately, sadly, losery things including the main secretary of state as well, who's a friend of Joe Biden and who's trying to keep Joe Biden's competition from running for office. Isn't that suspicious? Really, really sounds like that thing they were warning us about in 2016 and 2020, the election interference, except this isn't Russia. This isn't China. It's not some foreign government. It's the U.S. government. The election interference is coming from within. And that's why I think that all of these folks together collectively are the biggest losers of 2023. But I tell you what, if you want to if you want to reach out, and let us know. Uh, One American News Network is doing this very interesting thing. It turns out that this uh, the show in focus, which is hosted by Allison Steinberg, they want to know who do you think is the biggest winner and loser of 2023? So if you want to reach out, you can. It's reach out to at Allison OAN on X or you can email her at uh, her email address is allison at large 
at OANN.com. That's Allison at large at OANN.com. She's doing a poll. She wants to know what you guys think. They're doing a year, a 2023 year wrap up, and they want to know who are the biggest winners and the biggest losers of the year and why. So if you have thoughts, if you want to jump into that conversation, you can tweet her on X or you can email her and let her know. And maybe your answer will be on the air. I I can't make any promises, but you never know. All right. Well, (laughs) having said that, who are some of the biggest winners? You know, because we're we're talking a lot about losers. And sure, I, I understand why. But there's also some some winners and some people doing a lot of really good work. And here's somebody who's sort of an unsung hero for the year. Now, he survived a, a bogus partisan impeachment effort. He's a, a very interesting guy. He's going toe-to-toe with the Biden administration. He is from the American South, much like Andrea Kay. His name is Ken Paxton, the attorney general for, th- for the state of Texas. If you know about this guy, I'm sure you understand why I'm, I'm choosing him or nominating him to be one of the heroes of the year or one, or one of the big winners, I should say. However, if you haven't heard of him, do some reading because this guy is a true hero, a real American patriot, a constitutionalist, somebody the founding fathers I'm sure would be proud of because he's he's constantly fighting against tyranny coming from the Biden administration. There's other people like the Missouri State Attorney General, Andrew Bailey, who's also doing great work. But I think Ken Paxton certainly is a nominee for one of the biggest winners of 2023 for what he's doing to try to fortify the, the, the border in the state of Texas for what he's been trying to do when it comes to exposing corruption in the Biden White House to fighting against um, companies like Pfizer for deceiving Texas individuals about the eff- efficacy of the COVID-19 vaccinations. I mean, he's, he's doing so many different things, and he survived a partisan bogus impeachment attempt that really only came because he's turning up the pressure on border security and on the Biden administration, which has been failing the American people every single day since Biden took office. Biden has been setting us up for failure and disaster at every single turn ever since he took office, even for his whole career, going all the way back to his days as a senator representing the state of Delaware. Truly. Um, it's horrible, and it's why I feel like we need to we need to be very clear here. We all need to vote in 2024. I'm hoping that Trump wins in a landslide, but it's going to take a village in order to make that happen. So Republicans need to be organized. I'd like to see us be unified a little bit as well, but we need to be organized and we need to be active. We need to reclaim activism in this country. Activism gets a bad rap because leftists love to use it, but we need some of those community organizing skills, some of those campaigning and canvassing skills. We need to be able to actually rally the voters and create some, you know, some real turnout. That's what we need. Elections are important, and we need to blow these guys out of the water. There is a socialist party in this country, a Marxist party in this country. They call themselves Democrats, but many of them are are much, much to the left of someone like JFK was. You know, they, they, these are not just blue dog, middle-of-the-road Democrats. These are cultural Marxists who would rather spend money defending Ukraine's borders than defending our borders, which means we're not going to have a country for very long. So we need to reclaim this republic and and return it to the patriots that it really belongs to, people that watch the show, people that might want to Again, vote in that poll. Again, it's very cool if, if, you, if you're jumping on Twitter and you have an idea. Biggest winners, biggest losers of 2023. One American News Network is curious. They want to know Allison Steinberg, who, who runs the show In Focus, 
She wants your opinion. She wants your feedback. So again, Allison at large at OANN.com. And that's all to say also that we're coming into the bottom of the first hour. I cannot believe it. The time just flew by. We covered a lot of ground. And again, stick around for hour two as well, because Andrea Kay will be here for the second hour. We have a lot to talk about. It's been a massive news day, and you're not going to want to miss any of it. And by the way, if you do miss any of it, then you can find our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere where you might be able to listen and stream podcasts. We're worldwide here. The Andrea Kay Show is a global entity. You can stream us from wherever you are, whenever you want from your mobile device, from your computer, whatever is easiest for you. So that way you never have to go a night without the Andrea K show. So if you missed any of this hour, please you'll make sure you, you tune in on the podcast later. Make sure that make sure that you download the show and stick around if you are listening live because we're going to be uh, coming into the second hour. It's good to have AK back and I'm sure it's going to be a blast. Again, you won't want to miss it. You're listening to the Andrea K show here on The Answer San Diego AM 1170. Stick around because we will be right back for hour two. <laughs> 